You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have uh, a special guest here with us, actually two special guests. We got her, her newborn baby, for those of you watching the video version. Uh, but uh, the, the star is Avery Carl, and she is the CEO and founder of The Short Term Shop. Uh, she's also one of Wall Street Journal's top 100 agents in uh, 2020. This is this year, we're recording this in November. And uh, her team at The Short, team sh- Short Term Shop focuses exclusively on vacation home rentals, and short-term rentals. Uh, She sold over $200 million of short-term slash vacation rentals uh, for the past couple of years. Uh, She's also an investor herself, and we're going to talk about her uh, journey and experience with short-term versus traditional multifamily investments. And uh, she specializes now in mostly connecting investors uh, with short-term rentals uh, to get their highest ROI possible. So Avery, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and thanks for your flexibility with the uh, newborn. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Congratulations. Um, so Avery, so we, we were talking a little bit before the show. So what's what's the short term shop, and how did you get into the short term market? What is the short term market, and how is it different than traditional multifamily? Great question. So uh, I. When I first started investing, I just had a very, very small amount of capital. I started with one single family long term, and it actually has it, it cash flows a thousand bucks over the mortgage every month. Uh, so it's a really good one. But as soon as I got that one, I thought, oh my gosh, we need to get some more of these. We need to scale this and make this a real business. But we only had one down payment worth of, you know, one single family down payment, small uh, worth of capital left. So we thought, okay, how can we best? maximize this so that the investment that we make with it can make the most money possible so that we can go buy more rentals. So we came to the idea, we were living in Nashville at the time, came to the idea of doing an Airbnb, but Nashville, the regulations are just ridiculous. They're constantly changing. We figured that probably wouldn't be a good move. So uh, we chose the Smoky Mountains, which was about three hours east of where we were living at the time. And uh, the reason for that is because it's a very mature vacation rental market. So you don't have all of these clashes with the city councils about regulations. Uh, It's very safe in terms of regulations place to invest because that's just always what people have done since the 70s. They go to the mountains, they rent a cabin uh, for the weekend. So we bought our first one there and that did really, really well. And we were able to scale that into five of them uh, within about a year and a half. And then our investment strategy since then is taking all of the income from our short-term rentals that make, you know, obviously significantly more money than a traditional single family or duplex usually, and uh, roll that into more, uh, more long-terms or more short-terms. We've bought, you know, a little of both over the years. We've got 32 doors total at the moment. Uh, but I started the short-term shop because when I first started investing in short-terms, Uh, None of the agents in the markets that I was investing in could answer my questions about return on investment. How do you manage these things? Do you have to use a property manager? The answer is you don't. You can totally do it yourself from wherever. Uh, So I just bridged that gap and became that agent. 
And now the short-term shop has offices in three markets. We're in the Smoky Mountains, the Florida Panhandle, so Destin, Panama City Beach area, and then Gulf Shores, Alabama. And we work only with investors who are interested in buying short-term rentals. We've got a whole back-end education program where we teach them how to manage their short-term rentals from their smartphone, from anywhere in the world, so that they don't have to pay 20% of their gross to a property management company. Sure. Can you talk about that process a little bit? So that's really the main difference between short-term and traditional is short-term is more management intensive. Typically with long-term, you're dealing with, you know, typically it's year leases. Sometimes it's shorter, six months, eight months, but typically it's year leases. Um, And sometimes your tenants will stay a long time, 10 Mm -hmm. plus years. Um, So could you talk about that management process? Because that's that's a hurdle that I see a lot of investors, um, including myself, is like, eh, it seems kind of interesting. I can make 20, 30% out of my money, but then, it, okay, shit, I got to manage this. How do I, how do you manage it? Right. So there's a lot of limiting beliefs as far as managing short-term rentals, just like there are with long-term rentals, you know, and you're thinking about getting into investing in long-term, somebody's always got an uncle who the tenant burned their house down or something. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of that going on with short-term rentals too. People assume they're going to have to answer a lot of questions in the middle of the night or em- emergencies. Everybody's worried about an emergency happening, but you know, even no matter what the emergency, there's no reason for you to need to insert yourself into the situation. Whether it's you know the house is on fire, or whether somebody's dying on your floor, there's no reason for you to be there. It's actually a liability, so don't worry about emergencies. Um, so with, with self-management, it's actually not too difficult. The biggest hurdle is you, there's two core people that you need as a good cleaner and a good handy person. Um, that's the hardest part if you're not living in the market, which I don't live in any of the market. Well, I do now, but I didn't when I started live in any of the markets that I invest in. Um, and none of my clients live in the markets that they invest in. And uh, so once you find the cleaner and the handy person, you just need the apps for Airbnb and VRBO. Uh, there are, there's a, a type of software called a, a channel manager. There's a few examples are IGMS and your Porter. And what those platforms do is they bring your listings from anywhere that you have it. So Airbnb, VRBO, booking.com, hotels.com, all of it, bring it into one dashboard so you can see it all in one place. If you need to make a, an edit to your listing, it will. you just edit it on the channel manager, it blasts it out to all the other ones. And uh, it does a lot of automation, like uh, automatically sends out the door code, FAQs, directions the day before the guests check in, uh, automatically sends out checkout instructions the day before they check out. You can set it to send any kind of template at any point in the process. So uh, that way you're only really having to answer any questions that they ask something very specific, like, Hey, where's your crock pot? Then you answer that. Uh, also there are calendar managers out there that can be integrated with these. So that automates your cleaning calendar, whether you're using an app like turnover BNB is a cleaning specific calendar, or it can be as simple as uh, a, a Google calendar. We just integrate my cleaners, Google calendar into our channel manager. And anytime anybody books, it sends her, a notification and puts it on her calendar that she has to clean this property this day. We have it integrated with all of our cleaners in all of the markets that we invest in. So uh, it's really, you know, it, it's, you make a significantly higher return and it 
it is a little work to manage your systems, but you're not having to do a lot of work to actually manage the properties. You're going to spend about maybe 30 minutes a week for one property. So it's really not, you know, it's not a ton of work for the amount of return that you're getting. And it's not, it's not as scary as a lot of people think that it is. And it's totally cool and actually recommended to set business hours, put it right on your listing. Hey, you know, we don't respond to anything after 7 PM or before 7 AM. And, um, and that's fine. So you don't have to answer anything in the middle of the night. And if something breaks, you do the same thing you do. If something breaks in your house, you just make a phone call. So, um, it's really the, the hardest part is getting over those limiting beliefs, honestly. Got it. Um, so when you're talking about the, so- you mentioned a couple of app- apps and software, obviously those costs, do they cost any money to the landlord? Yes, yes okay. they do. So some of them are, uh, monthly subscription based. Some of them are uh, like pay per booking. It just depends. Uh, Your Porter that we use is the most cost effective. I've got it on auto pay, so I don't know exactly what we're paying right now. But uh, there's definitely a number of platforms that do roughly the same thing. So if you're thinking about getting into this uh, into this business, you can just, you know, take a cruise through the different ones and see which one's going to work best for you. But uh, your Porter is the most cost effective and it plays the nicest with all of the other potential apps you might want to use. So that's why we use that one. Got it. And so they do everything. They do the integrations. They send out the calendar invites. They basically make sure that your staff is doing what they're supposed to be doing. So the only thing they don't do is find the staff, right? You have to find that yourself. Right. You have to find, you have to find your own staff, uh, which usually is not too, too difficult. So uh, if you're investing with us in my markets, we do that for you. We help you find them and we, we've got a, you know, a list, but uh, if you're investing, you know, just somewhere where you, you just met a realtor and you're just working on getting things going, your realtor should have some recommendations. If not, the best way to do it is to go on one of the platforms, Airbnb and VRBO and message your neighbors and see, or your potential neighbors and see if they'd be willing to, to share their cleaners contact information. Most of the time they're going to tell you buzz off and it's none of your business, but you will eventually someone will be nice and share. Uh, that's how we got our first one. Did we keep that cleaner forever? No, I ended up firing her after about six months, which is most of it was my own newbie mistakes. But by the time, you know, we, we, she did what we needed her to do was help us get going. And even though she didn't end up working out, she got us going enough to, by the time I did get rid of her, we had enough connections that it wasn't an issue. Sure. Um, So when you're talking short term, are you talking, what are these single family homes or are they apartment built? What are they? So it depends on what is typical for your market. So in the Smoky Mountains, it needs to be a single family cabin. Uh, Multifamilies don't really work because, and and then houses that are not cabins don't really work either because the tourists that come there want to stay in a cabin in the mountains. And that's, so that's what you need to have. Whereas in our beach markets, you know, it could be a condo, it could be a townhome, it could be a single family. There's a lot more flexibility there as long as it's walking distance to the beach. So my advice would just be to do a little research on the market that you're investing in and make sure that you're buying something that is what is expected by the tourists in the market. Sure. And some of the places you, you mentioned, um, are any of them seasonal? 
It just depends. So uh, the beach markets are going to be a little bit more seasonal than like the Smokies is a 10 month high season. Whereas the beach markets that I'm in, it's more like March to October, but the annual returns in both places are very, very similar. So um, it's just that the seasonality can look a little bit different. Got it. Okay. And then, so when you're dealing with Airbnb and and VRBO and other platforms, do you have a recommended minimum days that uh, for your clients to, to, to keep open? Like, is it minimum five days, minimum seven days or two days and, and maybe a maximum? So you're not dealing with constant turnover all the time. Um, what do you advise? So if you're somebody that does not want to deal with constant turnover all the time, I would recommend going with a beach market over like a Smokies just because you get a little break in the in the wintertime for the same amount of money at the end of the year. Uh, I, it depends on the size of the property and the market in terms of what makes sense for minimum and maximum night stays with our smaller ones, like one to three bedrooms. We do a two night minimum night stay with the bigger ones. We do a three. If you get much higher than that on the minimums, then you're going to end up with a lot of holes in your calendar and it's going to impact your your occupancy rate. So you don't want to go. There are other people in our beach markets that only do weekly rentals seven days or nothing. And, um, you know, when it gets there, their occupancy rate ends up being lower than ours because you can pick up a few shoulder season bookings. If you have a lower minimum night stay that you, you might not get if you are doing seven nights only. So just depends on the market and the size of the property. Okay. And, and, and what would you say, What's like the longest tenant you've had stay at one of your properties, your short-term properties? 10 days. And you, uh, you don't want to ever, you have to be really careful with the monthly rentals also, because after 30 days they have true tenants rights and you have to go through a full on eviction process to get them out. Whereas with a short term, you know, if they're saying six, seven days and you need to get them out, you can just call the sheriff and they go get them out. But, um, you do have to be careful with the monthly rentals and make sure that you have a true lease in place or, or just don't rent for that long. If you, you know, if you're planning on doing a longer term rental like that. Got it. So if you had a preference, would you say in terms of your, your investing style, is it more the short term or, or more of now the traditional apartments? Of all of our doors, we've got six that are short terms, and that is plenty to make the money that we need to be able to buy several doors a year worth of long terms. And I, I don't think I like either more than the other. Um, the short terms, you know, require more work, but the long terms, we we invest in C class long term. So when a tenant moves out, you know, you could pretty much expect to redo the whole, like new carpet, new paint, the whole thing. So. Um, I think, you know, eventually when we get to a size portfolio that we're like, okay, we're done, we're, we're passive from here on out, we're retired, uh, then we might either pass on our short terms onto a property manager so that they are more passive and we don't need them, you know, we don't need to squeeze every dollar out of them, or we may sell them and just keep, you know, one or two that we just like to have. But the goal with real estate investing, whether it's short term or long term, is passive income and financial independence, which we do have the financial independence now, but we're still bootstrapping and scaling. So we're still taking the self-management approach. But, you know, once you get to the point of your cash flow being where it needs to be, then you can, can back up and be truly hands-off, which is the goal. So 
I think I answered your question in a much longer way than needed, but uh, all that to say, I don't prefer either over the other because they both do exactly what, what I mean for them to do. Got it. And so now you have three offices, three different markets. Are you looking to expand in other markets or are you just trying to grow in those markets at this point? A little bit of both. I think we will probably be in three new markets by Q2 of next year. Awesome. Um, How can people find you, Avery? Right on my website, theshorttermshop.com. My email's right there. Uh, There are phone numbers where you can text, you can call, you can get a hold of us however you want. Uh, Very active on Instagram. I do actually manage that myself and read everything that people send me there. So if you're going to go the social media route, Instagram is the way to go. Awesome. Uh, So that's uh, a wrap for this show. We want to appreciate, I appreciate your time, Avery, for coming on. And anybody who wants to learn more about her, uh, check out her Instagram and her website and her other platforms. We're going to have a link to all of her social media in the comment section on iTunes. And if you could please do us a favor, uh, rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It'll help Um, my rankings and also help Avery get out her message to more people as well. We both would really appreciate it and hope to have you get on the show uh, soon, Avery, Q2 and see how you're doing. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye.